Welcome to Radically Well. We're your hosts, Julia and Morgan. We're here to talk about all things longevity, anti-diet culture, and social issues that impact health beyond the gym. I'm Morgan. I'm a holistic nutritionist, personal trainer, and dog mom, and someone who is absolutely obsessed with helping people find simple and sustainable ways to reach their nutrition goals and eat food that they love. I'm Julia, CrossFit Level 1 coach, certified personal trainer, and active life professional candidate. I'm super passionate about strength training and all things bone density. We created our business, Matriarch Health and Fitness, to connect with people on a deeper level, have tough conversations, and help people crush their goals for the long term. Welcome to this week's episode of Radically Well. We are talking about fad diets, the problem with fad diets. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like this is a topic you are very passionate about. (laughs) Yes, you could say that. I think our business in general, if you're new around here, we focus very much on sustainable health and helping people find realistic ways to move and eat. So fad diets just don't really align with that. So we're going to talk all about that how we feel about them. Yeah. All right. Let's hop right into it. Morgan, do you want to explain what exactly a fad diet is? Yeah. The short and sweet answer is that it's like a quick fix type of diet that is often really restrictive or eliminates certain food groups or foods and is often heavily promoted to lose weight fast or cure some sort of health condition. That's Mm. the main summary of it. So there's some very common ones that most people know about, like keto, Atkins, which is like a similar vibe to keto. Like the the (laughs) early 2000s, right? I remember that. Well, even earlier than that, Atkins became popular kind of like more in the 1980s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was like, it was definitely around in the 90s. Like I had some friends whose moms were doing like the Atkins diet. I remember it was like, there was like not very many carbs around the house <laughs> and uh, keto was around too, but then it, I would say switched though from like more Atkins to like the low fat craze. Oh and yeah. Then, I that. Yeah. And then there was a lot of like weird ones in there, like juice cleanses and the, I don't know, some weird, really strange ones. And then it's now shifted more towards the keto, 75 hard, paleo, whole 30, like all of those. Like there's so many out there yeah. and they're promoted just so much because people want the magic pill, right? They want the quick Mm. fix. They want something that's going to help them lose weight fast. And it, they often do but they're just not sustainable. And we're going to talk all about those reasons why. Yeah. So what's something that they all have in common? So how I was talking about like in the description, something they have in common is that they pretty much all eliminate a food group or like a group of types of food. Mm -hmm. So for example, keto and Atkins, they're eliminating most carbs or almost entirely your carb intake. And then with things like Whole30, you're cutting out 
almost everything, like an insane amount of food. I think we talked about Whole30 on one of our first episodes because it was like <laughs> one of the fad diets that I have done and it's like wildly restrictive. But for the reason that it was meant to be an elimination diet for 30 days only uh, and then you reintroduce some stuff. Yeah. I've done a bit more research into it since that conversation. But yeah, so that's like kind of some examples. They all eliminate foods or food groups. They're very restrictive. Like I was saying, like cutting out a whole food group can be very restrictive. And then some of them even have other like things attached to them, like the 75 hard where um, there's so many other layers to it. And it's like a very rigid plan for 75 days. And then one other thing they have in common is that they're all meant to they're meant to be done short term. None of these are meant to be done as like a lifestyle kind mm -hmm. of diet. They're meant to be done to lose the weight and all this stuff. And then people don't continue with them yeah. after that. Yeah. <clears throat> Another one that, and you can tell me because you're the nutritionist, but would you consider intermittent fasting a fad diet? Ooh. That's a good question. I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. That can be done in a more long-term way than mm -hmm. a lot of them. And it doesn't necessarily restrict food groups. But yeah, if you're not sure what intermittent fasting is, it basically like you set a specific time window of when you're going to be eating. So it shortens the amount of hours in the day that you're eating food. So a lot of times people end up losing weight on the diet because they just there's not as many hours in the day that they're consuming calories, basically. Mm -hmm. I would consider that one. So it's just it's calorie restriction, basically. Yeah, it's calorie restriction. So that's another thing that they all have in common. And yeah. we're going to get into that too of like why they all quote unquote work is the calorie restriction piece. But yeah, I would consider intermittent fasting a fad diet because most people use it to lose weight and they don't mm. do it for the other the sort time. of benefits of it. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's what are some that. other ones you can think of? I love fire them at me. <laughs> okay. One that comes up. I actually don't know much about this, but the five, two. Oh, I actually don't think I've heard of that. I had to look it up, but it's like the five, two method. And I think it's like intermittent fasting where you eat normal for five days and then you okay. fast for two days. Oh, yeah. So it'd be like a form of intermittent fasting. It, yeah, a form of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The 5-2. Oh, yeah. There's so many. There's There is so many. Yeah. There's And we'll talk about this one too, but there's like the Mediterranean diet, which is like a little bit less fad diety, and we'll talk yeah. about why. But then, yeah, like paleo, there's FODMAP, but that one has a little bit more kind of benefit in terms of people with certain digestive issues and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's just, there's a wild amount out there. There's, there's like the celery juice diet or like I was gonna apple say, cider vinegar. See the like, whole like juice cleanse things, lose 10 pounds in a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. so many out there. There's a lot. And like meal replacement diets. There's some of the, I won't name them, but MLM <laughs> businesses that promote oh, yeah. like protein shakes but as meal replacements and oh. follow that as the diet along with their other supplements is this the one we were talking about one a while ago and i'm blanking on the name but you can sign up and they, they send you mm. like a bunch of it's just like all meal replacements and you get to have one 
actual like fresh meal a day like why would you want to even do that I don't it's beyond me but oh I know yeah it's crazy and it's I like to give people a little bit of compassion in this area because a lot of people have tried a lot of things and they just want to find something that works for them and helps them like lose their weight and stuff like that and so it's fine if you want to try these things if I have a client that comes to me and is hey like i have been looking a lot into this. I really want to try a keto diet or I really want to try a vegetarian diet. I ask them why, first of all, and we do a very deep dive into why they actually want to do it and how realistically they are actually going to follow through with it. But then I will act, I will support them in that and give them some guidance if that's something they want to do. But like at the end of the day, after those conversations, most of the time people are like, oh, actually, it's more complicated than I thought it was going to be. Or like, oh, I'm understanding now that like maybe I shouldn't. So (laughs) keep that in mind. And if you're curious about them and you want to know more, we'll tell you lots in this podcast episode, but you can come talk to us too. We'll help you. (laughs) Yeah. I also, I'm not judging anybody who has done fad diets or who are currently doing them. I have done it myself I think I told you, I think it was, I think we might the raw one, the raw one. Yeah. It was a long time ago, but. Oh, I I just thought I could see how it's, I, yes, it was whether I actually lost weight. I'm not really sure. The scale went down Mm -hmm. after doing it for four or five days, quite a bit. And it's, yeah. So that's a whole other. Yeah. I know there's. We could go on forever about it, but I just thought of one more that I want to just very briefly touch on. And it's not even a diet. It's just, I feel like all I heard about in 2023 was Ozempic diet. So we're not really going to dive into that. I feel like that would need a whole other podcast episode on its own. But I've had a lot of clients ask me about it in the last year. And I've had clients in the past that have been on Ozempic and had a very negative experience from doing it yeah so that seems to be like the new kind of like quick fix magic pill kind of thing that people are going for these days no yeah I I don't know much about it so I'm not gonna comment but yeah yeah Yeah. it's it was originally for diabetes yeah yes I do I do remember reading that so yeah And it impacts your hunger levels. Yeah. Yeah. It has a huge impact on your hunger levels. And so people just like aren't hungry and just don't eat. Don't eat. Therefore, they lose lose weight. weight. (laughs) And but then they feel like crap the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's people out there that have had a good experience with it. Otherwise, maybe some people wouldn't. People would be doing it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's another one. Okay. So why don't we jump into. I know we touched on a little bit, but you know, why they work and then why they don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So reasons that they, and I'm doing big air quotes here, that they (laughs) work is because they restrict calories. Mm -hmm. This is like the main overarching theme of all of these diets is you're cutting out food groups, you're cutting out certain things you're doing or eating, you're restricting the amount of time you're eating in. So therefore your overall calorie intake is often much lower than it was before you started doing the fad diet. So if we think about calories in, calories out, 
if we're eating the same amount of calories as we're burning in a day, we're going to be at what's called maintenance. If we are intaking less calories than we're burning in a day, we're going to be in a calorie deficit, which means we're going to be losing weight. So if we're, say we're burning 2000 calories a day and we're most fad diets will probably have you end up eating around 1200 calories a day, which is wildly low, but you're obviously going to be losing weight if you're way under what you're burning in a day, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's the main reason that they work. And then a big part of that is cutting out those calorie dense foods, like the low fat diet or the low fat craze. Fat is very calorie dense. If we cut out a large component, large portion of our calories from that, we're going to be in a calorie deficit. We're going to lose weight. Is that making sense? It does. And it, I understand that completely. But for example, the keto one, because you're usually mm. on keto, a lot of people are eating higher fat, lower carb, correct? So how does that usually work? That is a great question. So this one can be tricky, but oftentimes people that are starting these diets have been, and this isn't always the case, but they're often eating a lot of really carb-rich foods like treats and like cookies and all like those kinds of things that have a lot like a high carb intake, but they also have a high fat intake, but you can't have them on a keto diet because of the high carb intake. So people are cutting out a lot of the sort of like sugary treats and snack type foods that they normally would have. Mm. So that kind of still restricts your calories more. So that's like the main reason. And then another part of this is when people do these fad diets, they often start also exercising, which is a really positive side of it. They're doing some sort of movement alongside of it. Mm -hmm. So they could be potentially burning more calories from doing extra exercise as well. I guess like with 75 hard too, because you're supposed to not cheat. That's in air quotes. Mm -hmm. But then you're supposed to work out twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. Two 45-minute workouts. One has to be outside. Yeah. Every day for 75 days. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. There's other reasons why they work too. Just a couple more that I, I guess I touched on, but one of them is that you lose a lot of water weight initially with Mm -hmm. a lot of these because you're cutting out either a lot of carbs, which you retain more water with carb intake generally, or you're, yeah, you're starting to see that weight loss habit happen really rapidly, but most of it comes from water weight initially, not actually from body fat loss. So people see like a really quick loss in the first maybe week or two, and then you'll notice it starts to like taper off. And that's usually because they've lost all that initial water weight And now that actual fat loss is going to be coming at like a slower rate. That doesn't happen really quickly or overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last reason we'll talk about is that, and like I said, with the exercise thing, it's because you actually start to change other habits temporarily as well. Most of the time when you're doing these fad diets, because it's like January, you're like, oh, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to start sleeping better. I'm going to start going for walks or getting my 10,000 steps a day. So usually these fad diets are paired with other healthy habits, which yeah, is a great side effect, I guess you could say (laughs) of doing them positive. But then what we'll talk about later is that after the fad diet, people stop doing a lot of things that they started doing. 
Mm. So moving on to why they're not sustainable. Yeah, for sure. So they aren't sustainable because it's almost impossible to maintain them for a long period of time Mm -hmm. because it involves a heavy amount of restriction and cutting out certain food groups and life is meant to be lived. There's going to be things that come up, social events, this and that, fun things that you're going to want to stray from your diet. And then once many people stray from their diet, they don't go back to it because they're like, life is so much better on the other side when I can eat carbs again. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't love carbs? I know. I have yet to meet anyone who's I hate carbohydrates. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Me too. (laughs) So yeah, that's one of the main reasons why they actually don't work is because they aren't sustainable. You're not able to maintain it. And eventually people get to a point where they've been feeling so restricted for so long that they just want to rebel and go like complete opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm going to go back and Full eat binge. all of the things I haven't been able to eat for the last 30, 60, 75 days or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons. <laughs> and then another is that they don't, most of them, I should say, not all of them, But most of them don't actually teach you any behavioral or lifestyle modifications or changes. So with the exception of 75 hard, which does teach you some good habits like drinking more water, reading, getting outside, all those things. Keto is not really teaching you like how to eat in a realistic or sustainable way. Yeah. It's like when you stop doing keto, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. I just have one more question about keto too. And so much nuance around nutrition and all that. And again, it goes back to finding what works for you and everyone's different. But would you say too, keto definitely seems to be really popular, more popular among men. And I have mostly just listened to some podcasts and that talk about how it's not necessarily always healthy for women. Um, especially of a childbearing age. Do you have any thoughts on that? With the low carb intake, I guess it would be related to. Yeah. It's not something I would be able to answer fully without doing like some more in-depth research into it. I like to make sure I have a proper answer for that. But there's a lot of digestive issues that can happen with keto for one, and that in itself can cause some hormonal issues. Mm. Uh, So that could be a big factor but I'm not really sure how that would necessarily differ from men to women. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you heard anything specifically about it in that regard? Honestly, like I can't think of a specific thing on off the top of my head. It's just, I feel like it's just general info from just podcasts that I've heard. But again, I'm sure maybe it goes back to depending on what works for you and what your age your activity level, all the things. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. It's all so nuanced and yeah, really dependent on the person. I have heard more research into like intermittent fasting in women and how it's not as helpful for women most of the time. Okay. Yeah. For like the hormonal issue side of it for restricted eating times and stuff. Yeah. But again, I'd have to like do more research to really give a clear answer on that for sure. Yeah. I would love to look into that too. I wonder how... Mm -hmm 
it would affect your, your blood sugar levels and all that throughout mm. the day. Especially I notice if I don't eat in the morning, I'm very grumpy by 10 or 11, right? Oh yeah. I'm the and same you, way. You almost feel weak. Yeah. It's not, it maybe it's something you get used to. Maybe your body adapts to it. I'm not sure, but I'm not going to do it. So <laughs> no, either. I'm always like amazed by people that can do intermittent fasting because I'm like, I like breakfast too much. Like mm-hmm. I need to eat a pretty steady amount throughout the day. But that again, that's like me personally or you, right? Like yeah. we, that works for us. Yeah, might not exactly. work for other people. Like I have some clients that that really don't like eating breakfast. That being said, after a while, they start eating breakfast and they're like, wow, I feel so much better. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I was nursing, there was a lot of nurses that would do intermittent fasting because it worked well too with the schedule. You would be working whatever, seven to three for the most part. And you go in and you sometimes wouldn't really get your break until 11 or 12, like your first lunch break. So a shift worker, I do think that does make a lot more sense to do that. Yeah. Just out of necessity almost. But yeah. Um, yeah, the, the shift work thing is a very tricky thing in general to navigate oh, sure. because yeah. of like the irregular sleep cycles, circadian rhythms, and and then you're eating stuff. at three in the morning. Yeah. It's weird. It is very weird. And yeah. usually I know when I did shift work too, it was when I was doing night shift, you would, you never really wanted to eat a big meal. Like I would get up and eat breakfast, which was like at supper time. Mm -hmm. And then it would be just almost snacking throughout the night. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And well, Patrick's doing sort of the same thing right now too. He's trying to figure out like when to eat and Mm -hmm. all of that. So it's tricky when you're doing shift work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So going back to them not being sustainable, why they don't work, what are some other things? The giant list of reasons we have. A big one and important thing to note is that they can lead to some disordered eating patterns. And a lot of this comes because of the guilt around strain from the diet, the extreme restriction, the anxiety around food choices and like the higher stress that comes along with that. Um, And even it's odd because some of them require you to track like body composition metrics throughout like 75 hard. You have to take a progress photo every day, I think. But then on the flip side, whole 30, you're not supposed to weigh yourself or take any measurements the whole 30 days. Okay. So that's actually one thing I don't mind about the whole 30 thing, but Yeah. So there can be like almost like this obsessive pattern that comes with them and being really worried about what you're eating all the time. That's yeah, I could. Yeah, for sure. And then I'm sure when people finish them, if it's like one of those that the whole 30 and then maybe feeling guilty for eating X, Y, Z that you couldn't eat on the diet, then it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they're like yo-yoing back and forth from like extreme restriction to like overindulgence, like back yeah. and forth like that. And that can impact your mental health for sure. Like going up and down all the time. Yeah. yeah. So that's a big one for sure. And then in terms of the nutrition side of it, a lot of these diets can actually lead to nutritional deficiencies because lacking major necessary nutrients. Mm. So keto, for example, is a very high fat diet with 
the other sort of percentage coming from protein intake and then a very minimal amount. I think like around 10% of your diet is supposed to be from carbs. So it's really hard to get enough fiber. Oh intake yeah. Okay. And get a lot of those like vitamins and minerals that we get from like fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and whole grains and things. Usually when you're on a keto diet, it's suggested to take a pre or probiotic supplement and then okay. maybe like a greens powder. Or something. Yeah. I was going to say something like that. Yeah. Which is like where a lot of those companies we were talking about before, it's okay, well, if you're doing this diet, you also need this because you're going to be lacking these nutrients in other areas. So that's another one with why they don't work because that can majorly impact things over time if you have nutrient deficiencies, all, all like an array of things for sure. And even just like energy, overall energy, if you're in extreme calorie restriction for one, but then if you're lacking carbs or you're lacking protein, it's going to be really hard to recover from your workouts and you're going to feel really fatigued and tired and like all of those things. So there's a lot of very significant impacts that people don't really realize when they go onto these diets. Yeah. Things that maybe we don't consider because it's, oh, I just want to lose some weight and then not considering the other aspects of it for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, one thing that came to mind though, I think sometimes maybe it, it also depends on the person, how much, not sure how you would say this, but like their experience with maybe nutrition coaching or having a more balanced diet. Cause I was thinking like maybe with the whole 30, if somebody looked at it as the way of, I want like they get more vegetables in compared to what they were eating before something Mm. like that. So I'm sure there's some good things out of that can come out of these little diets. Oh my gosh. Yes. There's definitely good things that come from them for sure. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, Like sometimes, or I would say a lot of the time, some of the habits carry over like people eating more vegetables or like that kind of thing with Mediterranean diets and whole 30 and mm-hmm. paleo diet, like, and probably even 75 hard, like with that, you're supposed to just follow a specific diet. It doesn't say which one. Yeah. Um, but any of those, I'm sure there's some things that people take away from that and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to keep that doing works. This. Yeah. And like I was saying before, if you have support from a coach or like you were saying, like if you have some background knowledge already on this stuff, you can do it in a more sustainable, realistic way, but you're probably not going to be following the fad diet to like its actual like rules or whatever. For sure. If you're doing it in a more sustainable, realistic way. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. and two, I guess if you're doing it for health, come to think of it, remember last April, the whole April I did the antihistamine diet. Yeah, totally. Right? And Mm -hmm. that was more to see how histamine affected my body. And um, I learned a lot of great things out of that, but didn't totally go back to exactly the way that I was eating before, which was nice. Yeah, for sure. What foods triggered the histamine response and you learned to have less of them, but not completely cut them out. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Incorporate them back a little bit, try not to overload on the histamine. So yeah. 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 And like on that note too, like when I'm working with my clients, like there are definitely times where we have to do things like this. Like a client more recently, for example, like she has a lot of gut issues 
And we were trying to just eat healthy and do more sustainable practices and focus on a lot of like habit-based stuff. And she was starting to feel better, but there was still a lot of issues going on. And we're like, like at a point where it's like, okay, well, we need to try something else. So what we did was we tried to limit dairy as much as possible and that made her feel way better. So it's sometimes you just need to cut out certain things or limit them in a lot more ways, but doesn't have to be like wildly restrictive. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. And there's one last thing that we'll talk about in terms of why these fad diets don't necessarily work is if you're doing it in a very restricted way where there's extreme calorie restriction, it can result in a lot of muscle loss. So not just weight loss or fat loss, but when you're losing weight rapidly, you're going to lose weight from muscle mass as well. Mm. Even if you're doing strength training and you are eating enough protein, which would be really hard to do if you're in extreme calorie restriction, but that is something that happens too. So you're losing a lot of muscle, which is going to impact a lot of things. It can impact hormone function. It'll also impact your overall like resting metabolic rate. So how many calories you're burning at rest. And yeah, so it's not always good to do it fast. Yeah. I, when you were talking about that, I did the little calculation of, I was like, how many calories would that be if you ate? So say you said like maybe around 1200 calories would be an average for fad diet calorie restriction. And I calculated if I had to eat my normal amount of protein, how many calories that would be, it would be over half. Yeah. Which is, that would be almost impossible. Like you would be drinking protein shakes. You'd be eating, you'd be on the carnivore diet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> There's another one we haven't talked that about. That is, yet. that's true. There's so many. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So if you're, and this isn't to say that's the case for all of these too, right? Like if you are following keto, you can not be in a calorie deficit or whatever like you can lose weight slower but that's just usually not the intention when people go on these diets they're looking for something fast yeah yeah Yeah. okay what is something that um you should watch for yeah so i guess we've talked about these a little bit already but the main top three things i would say to watch for are that they make really big claims about specific foods that they can cure or treat or heal certain things heal your gut in 30 days with this juice cleanse or like with i don't know there's a lot of examples but most of the time like i guess with keto like it was originally meant to treat epilepsy did you know that no yeah so keto was like developed many decades ago because of the results they saw in treating like memory impairment. So it's like for treating epilepsy and it's been shown to be helpful for people with Alzheimer's and stuff like that. So like it can, it's often touted as like, it's going to clear your mental, I don't know, like you're going to be more focused, be more focused in this and that with the keto diet. So that's like a, a big one is like looking for those huge claims that specific foods are going to treat or heal something. Okay. I'm sure there's other examples, but I can't think of any right now. Yeah, that was new to me. I did not know that. Very interesting. Yeah. The things you know. It's like when with the training side of things, when 
you see on Instagram and it's use my method and you'll be out of pain in one month. And it's no, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Or I guess another big sort of claim would be, yeah, to lose 30 pounds in 30 days or these insanely restrictive things. Or like when people are like, saying this worked for me look at me now kind of thing you are not that person you are your own individual with your own health concerns and everything like just because it worked for that person does not mean it's going to work for you oh my gosh that's (laughs) another whole topic of issues with instagram and social media yes we might we'll have to do an episode on that (laughs) for sure uh Okay, some other things to watch for are if it's a short-term diet, basically. Mm-hmm. So, Because we're not about that. Because we're not about that. We don't want these quick fixes. So like Whole30, 75 hard, those ones mm-hmm. are things to watch for because as we were saying, what happens after the 30 days? You just go back to what you're doing before and yeah. then end up where you were before. Potentially. Not always, but most of the time. Yeah. And then what else? Oh, and yeah, we talked about this, but having to buy a certain product to follow the diet. So mm-hmm. having to buy certain meal replacements or supplements or testing kits, like with keto, like you have to buy the little strips to check to see if you're actually in ketosis. Mm. And yeah. So look, looking for those where it's like you have to spend money other than just like buying the food, like yeah. buying your groceries. Yeah. If you have to spend a bunch of money to be on the diet. That's usually a bit of a a red flag. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what are some things that you could try instead of doing a fad diet? So many things. (laughs) Well, if we're thinking about your food intake, your nutrition specifically, you could focus on eating more protein, incorporating more fiber, focusing more on whole foods because that's going to help you feel fuller for longer, make you less likely to overeat, get all of the nutrients that your body needs. And then also just focusing on more balance. So not restricting foods, incorporating all the foods, but generally trying to eat those like more whole food type things. That would be number one. Consistent movement. So not just restricting diet, but focusing on some form of movement that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Like walking, strength training. We love strength training. We love strength training. And honestly, walking is so underrated. It is. Yeah. I think we should do a whole episode on non-exercise activity. I like that. Yeah. Because we love walking. Any just general movement throughout the day is good. So that building on habits over time. So Mm -hmm. instead of taking on everything all at once, you can slowly over time build things in. So maybe week one, you start getting out for more walks. Maybe you do that for a couple weeks even. And then you're like, oh, this is going pretty well. I'm going to start drinking more water now. And then you can build on it instead of feeling like you have to do it all at once and then feeling like a failure when it doesn't happen. Exactly. And then it becomes part of who you are as a person day to day. 
Mm -hmm. like going to the gym for me or going for a walk. It's like, yeah, there's some weeks maybe you don't go as much as others and that's fine. But I go, you, your own identity is just attached to that. So I go to the gym. I walk. I get a dog if you want to walk too. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I was just talking to the dentist about this yesterday or whatever it was <clears throat> about it. I'm like, well, I have to walk every day. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoy it. Most yeah. of the time I enjoy it. Like some days I definitely don't want to go out. But once I do, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You always feel better. And yeah, mm-hmm. big shift in your mindset too once you start once the habits, when you start developing the habits and they just become second nature and Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And they'll new habits, anything new is going to feel annoying or uncomfortable when you first start doing it. But if you consistently do it long enough, it won't feel so bad. Not at all. Something to try instead is to just try to be consistent with simpler things. For sure. Like eating more vegetables, going for walks, drinking more water. And those things will have a significant impact over time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of habit stacking. Yes. Read Atomic Habits if you haven't read it already. Yes. We won't get into that right now, but Mm -hmm. habit stacking, look it up or read Atomic Habits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Big fans over here. Another thing you could do is sticking true to consistency and just general balance and all that, you could aim to limit more of those high calorie, low nutrient dense foods, such as like alcohol, fruit juices, and processed sugars. Like those ones are, I would say like for most people, easier to remove some of. So if you're drinking a lot of like fruit juice right now, maybe you just Add like what I do a lot of the time, actually, because I like flavored water. I will have a cup of water and then I'll just add like some splashes of juice to it. Mm-hmm. So instead of having like a whole cup of juice, you just have a little bit to flavor your water. Yeah. Or you go to like bubbly waters, things like that. So that's another one. You could hire a coach. Oh, yeah. Support, accountability, guidance on what might be the right approach for you there's air quotes happening there Mm -hmm. and with this if you're hiring in my opinion a good coach (laughs) it's gonna take some trial and error and you're gonna work together to figure it out and adjust things because you will need to adjust things over time it's unlikely that you're gonna try the first thing and it's gonna work for you forever but accountability is extremely helpful especially if you're trying to incorporate new habits and new things so true yeah and the last one be patient Mm -hmm. and be kind to yourself yes (laughs) if you fuck it up and you don't eat perfectly or you don't eat the whole foods one day or one week like it's fine one day it is like a tiny little drop in the ocean of life we could say very true So if you have one meal or one day where things don't go as planned, it's okay. And you just got to be kind to yourself and be patient, stay consistent, and it'll happen over time. It it will. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's lifelong. It's not just 
30, 60, 90 days. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. I think that's where the patience comes in. And if you are trying to, if like weight loss or even building muscle is your goal, there's lots of different goals, but those two, for mm -hmm. example, using like different markers for progress, not just the scale mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do love that. Especially when somebody is, maybe they have a weight loss goal, but they're also doing strength training. It's nice mm -hmm. to have those metrics of I'm getting stronger. Oh my gosh. I'm yes. able to lift more weight and have metrics like that, that yeah. aren't just the scale. Yeah. I actually just had a great conversation with my good friend. She messaged me and she's like, what do you think of this? She's been working with the trainer. She doesn't live here in Victoria. She's working with the trainer since May. And she, when they first started, she was like deadlifting a hundred pounds and then she deadlifted 200 pounds the other day. Amazing. And I know she's been crushing the weights. Like she's doing so good and loving it and feeling amazing. And then they did like a weigh-in and a body fat percentage. And she was disappointed because she was down. She was like, oh, I'm only down nine pounds, but she lost 8% body fat. Holy shit. That's it's, huge. That is yeah. huge. Yeah. So and even had, nine pounds is amazing. It's still very, it's, it's so great, but she had some big body composition changes and yeah, that it just goes to show. Don't just go off the scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that just made me think of actually I had a client message me earlier, somebody that I do workout programming with. And she was like, I just looked back at my workout calendar and I'm so proud of myself. I've done every single workout in the last two months. And she didn't always do them in the week they were scheduled either. Just yeah. FYI. Yeah. Some weeks she took a day off, but she eventually made the workout up. Mm -hmm. And that was like such an exciting message to get because it, one of her main goals was to like start working out more consistently. Yeah. She has other, other goals around body composition, all that stuff too. But that was just like such a cool thing. It's not just about the weight. It's not about this stuff. It's look how consistent you've been and like how good that feels. Like that yeah. is something worth celebrating too. Love that. Oh, good. Consistency over perfectionism. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, well, anything else to add in here before we clue up? I don't think so. I think that covers pretty much everything we wanted to talk about. And I think this yeah. feels like a good place to wrap this episode up. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Thanks for tuning in today and listening. As always, if you have questions or you would like to reach out, you can email us at helloatmatriarch.ca or on Instagram. And I'll drop all the info below. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to Radically Well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with anyone you think would love to hear it too. You can also leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help us reach more people who want to help us change the fitness industry one podcast at a time. You can reach us on Instagram at matriarch with a K or email us at hello at matriarch.ca anytime. Thanks for listening and living radically well.